My name is Emily Jamison, and I will be your host for The Collaboratory. This listening prayer experience is meant to be largely experimental, in the sense that we will collaborate together, tamper with ideas of life and faith and God, and we will form new hypotheses, adjusting along the way. There are no dead ends in a laboratory, but only new ways forward. I cannot wait to journey together. As we practice listening to the voice that is in us, but not from us, we will inevitably bump into walls, silence, confusion, wonderment, explosions of doubt. Whose voice is this that I'm hearing? Today's episode seeks to offer you a litmus test of sorts. I have created for you a simple downloadable PDF to follow along entitled, Can You Hear Me? Visit thecollaboratorypodcast.com for the listening guide and other resources. That said, let's begin. How often have you sensed a little voice, a warning signal inside, or a prompting to do something or to speak to someone, and you immediately begin to question that voice inside, wondering, was that me? Was that God? Was that the devil? Or was that the chili I ate? And it's so important that we ask the question. Far too often we don't ask. And I think that's how we can actually come into agreement with a lie, with an accusation, with a falsehood about who God is or who we are. We cannot be passive participants in our lives. And so I submit to you another hypothesis, because yes, we are in a laboratory. What if it is possible to run our thoughts through a filter to determine the source of what we hear and sense? What if this filter could help us discriminate between voices? It's of great import that we question what we think about. How we think about what we think about matters. The scripture says that we must test the spirits and take our thoughts captive. It also says that the spirit is sharp and can search us and know us and cut between thoughts and intentions of the heart. We need God to do this good work. And so as you begin to evaluate the voices that you're hearing, intentionally tuning in to the radio station that is God, or recognizing that you are hearing static or dissonant harmonies that cause you to feel threatened or fearful or discouraged, what if we were to actually ask about the source of the sound? It says in scripture that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, that we have to go no further than Jesus to understand and to know who God is. There are certain promises that Jesus makes. In Matthew 28, 20, he says, I am with you always. The Psalms talk about how there's nowhere you can go from God's presence. In John 10, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I call them by name. In Jeremiah 33.3, God says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, When you ask for bread, you won't get a stone. Meaning if you're asking for something good that would be nourishing to you, God will not give you something that will not nourish you. And most significantly in 1 Corinthians, the scripture says that we have the mind of Christ that we can hear God's thoughts in our thoughts. This is an incredible promise. And yet it also says in scripture that there is an enemy that is the prince of the air, the prince of this world. We often hear voices of accusation, of threat. And so when you are listening, here's what God's voice will sound like. First and foremost, it aligns with the arc of scripture, 
And I say the arc of scripture because the entire narrative of scripture is so important to understand. There are a thousand cults that have been started with one verse, and you could go every way you want to go with it. You can make it say anything you want it to say, which is why the scripture is dangerous. It is a double-edged sword. But when you understand the arc of scripture from beginning to end, the story of a God who creates blessable, image-bearing kingdom partners, and that we are actually meant to do battle by way of doing good, justice, and mercy against this enemy that desires to kill, steal, and destroy, then we begin to understand why there's perhaps evil, why there's a voice that comes against us. God's voice will always align with the arc of Scripture. Context is king. Secondly, God's voice will always sound like the tone and the texture of Jesus' voice. That's why it's so significant to bury yourself in the Gospels, to read all 89 chapters. What if you read one chapter a day and just got curious? What does he sound like? How does he interact with people? And Jesus is altogether perplexing. He's disruptive. He asks way more questions than he answers. He often answers questions with questions. And yet he's constantly compassionate and kind. He's sharp in moments, but always truth-telling and always in love. Sometimes hard words make soft hearts. I mean, the man is compelling. This God-man, the people surround him are diverse. Some are repellent, some are absolutely attractive and wonderful. But there's something about him that everyone desires. People just want to be near him. People who are broken and honest about their condition, they'll push past all the self-righteous that are clamoring to be near as well. The sick and the broken can't wait to get near Jesus. There's just something about this man. The tone and texture of Jesus' voice is one of compassion. It is one of healing, one of hope. There's truth in his voice. It's a voice of clarity. Even though there's times of confusion with Jesus, it's because he's speaking things that are deeper and more true than we can often grasp with our carnal minds. He speaks in parables. You'll often get a picture or one word that feels cryptic. And the disciples, if you witness them, every time Jesus speaks afterwards, they draw away with him and say, what did you mean by that? Tell us more about that story, that parable, that picture. It might be a very good question for us to ask. Rather than jumping to conclusions or creating our own interpretation of scripture or the things we sense from God, what if we simply asked him, what do you mean by that? What else do you want me to know? Next, God's voice produces the fruit of the Spirit. When you sense something, it will produce the fruit of the Spirit. There will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, tenderness, self-control. You might have restraint that comes. There might be caution of sorts, but not the kind that brings fear. No, fear is a very different thing. Ultimately, the voice of God results in freedom, and not necessarily from your circumstances, but in your circumstances. You might be in the midst of a very challenging situation, and you're asking God to deliver you out of it. But what if he delivers you through it? What if, like a butterfly emerges from a chrysalis, the part of the emerging is the battle, is the strengthening? If you were to break open that chrysalis before the butterfly has actually done the work of breaking her way out, you would have actually robbed her of the growth, the strength of her wings that she would need to fly. There are difficulties, there are trials that we will walk through in this life. And I don't know that God intends all of them, to be quite honest. 
I think that it's a big sham when people say everything happens for a reason. No, there is an enemy who is senseless and evil, and not all things happen for a reason. But God is so good, so glorious, that he can turn anything that the enemy means for evil into good. Trials can be turned into incredible playgrounds, training grounds. He will waste nothing. And so there will be freedom in your circumstances, freedom to choose, to choose your role, to choose God, to choose joy, to choose gratitude, to choose resilience, freedom to love. You are not a victim. Freedom will come as a result of listening to God. The enemy's voice is quite literally opposed to each of these things. While on the one hand, God's voice will align with the scripture, on the opposite hand, the enemy's voice will be opposed to the lordship of Jesus. He may mimic scripture. He may say, oh yes, read your Bible and be perfect and set the most perfect example for everyone because it's all on you. Now, the scripture does say to be in the word, to know the word, but the tone and the texture of that voice sounds pushy and striving, sounds condemning and accusing, sounds weighty, sounds like bondage. God may invite you to be in the word, to read the scripture in the morning, but it's not going to come with hurry or hustle or striving or false expectations. The invitation to be in God's word is to come with a heart of intimacy, not a heart of expectation, not a heart of weight or striving. The enemy's voice is accusatory. It's false. He's a liar. He's divisive. He's hurried. The thumbprint of the enemy's voice is comparison and competition, self-promotion and self-protection. And when we sense the enemy's voice, if we partner with it, if we agree with what it says, it will produce in us something opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. What is the opposite of those? Division, guilt, pride, shame, fear. That's when you know that voice is the enemy. That voice results in bondage, not freedom. It might initially promise you freedom, freedom from those circumstances you don't want to be in, freedom from something in your life, but in the end, it results in bondage. Freedom is not numbing. Freedom is not checking out. Freedom is not doing whatever you want. Freedom is choosing what you want, the deepest desires of your heart, not the easiest and strongest desires that will momentarily free you from being alive to your very life. This is where the enemy is so deceptive. God is inviting us to a freedom that is from something but for something else. I have freedom to choose. Whereas the enemy says, oh, I will give you freedom. You can do whatever you want. And then pretty soon we realize that whatever we wanted thing actually has us in bondage and we can't not do it. The drink, the food, the sex, the scrolling, the buying, the gossiping. As you think about the different voices that you might hear and as you begin to run them through this filter, you'll begin to catch First and foremost, the voice of the enemy. You'll catch the lies. You'll sense things that are actually moving you to a place of angst or fear. But then you will also catch the truth. You will begin to discern between the two. 
And then you will begin to align your voice, what you most believe is true, with the voice of the one who is true. The final thing that I will say in this portion of the conversation, and there is so much more to say, is that God speaks only out of his character. And so knowing the names, the character of God is a powerful thing. God is a healer, and he will speak healing. He is a lover, thus he speaks love. He is a great physician, thus he speaks words of comfort and healing, a great salve, mending and repair. God is a father, thus he speaks loving discipline, care and provision. God is a counselor, thus he speaks with great wisdom. He is unbiased, he is just, he is good, he is patient. God is a king, thus he speaks with authority. God is a peacemaker, thus he speaks with peace. God is a reconciler, thus he speaks with incredible wisdom that breeds unity and squashes any disunity, division that might come. God is better than anyone. He's better than you can imagine. And so God, today, as we pause and lean in, we first ask that your voice would be the only one that we hear. Would you align our hearts with your voice, your spirit, your heart? And God, we ask, is there any lie that we have been believing that needs to be illuminated? God, is there any accusation against me or against you that has been kicking around in my heart, causing fear or guilt or shame or distance? And as you bring that to the light, just ask the Lord, what do you want me to know about that? Jesus, the one who is true, would you tell me the truth? God, what is true? Would you receive deeply whatever you might sense from the Lord? Would you begin to slough every lie of the enemy? Would you know that you have agency to turn your heart, to turn your head, to turn your eyes toward God, to let his voice be the one that shapes you, forms you, informs you, and brings you to freedom and life?